Thank you for joining us on the CFF Podcast. Today, Pastor Pablo Martinez will be inspiring you with a message from the Word of God. We hope you enjoy and welcome home. Why don't we give Jesus a round of applause? Amen, amen. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Great stuff. Have a seat. Go ahead and uh, say hello to the person next to you. Uh, tell them welcome home. You're here for the first time. Um, I want to jump right into the word. I, I am excited to share with you this, this word. I'm going to turn this off because white noise puts me to sleep. Uh, are you guys good? You guys all right? Yeah? All right. It's a good place to be on a Friday night. We call it Formation Fridays. Uh, if you're here for the first time, we're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to ask you to stand up. But just please be welcomed, feel at home, uh, take your shoes off and relax, and uh, yeah. Uh, let's uh, open up to Genesis chapter 29, Genesis 29, 9 through 28. Genesis 29, 9 through 28. Okay, a little disclaimer about today's, today's sermon. I'm going to be sharing this word, and, uh, and I, I got to tell you, I am not the most romantic or the most cheesy guy that you'll ever meet uh, and uh, probably that you ever need, probably one of the least. But this sermon, this word, when I was reading it, man, it was, thank you, Easy. Um, he is single, yes. Uh, <laughs> and he's, uh, yeah, anyway, so, uh, so we have, uh, you know, we have this message that I, I, I just think it's funny, really. When I'm reading it, I'm like, I'm giggling all the way through it. I'm like, I don't know, you know, I don't know if I do this or that. And, uh, and God just really began to speak to me a lot, a lot about it. Uh, my wife knows that I, uh, you know, when people ask me about, you know, how'd you guys meet and all these things, you know, I don't tell fairy tales. I, we usually just tell it how it is, you know, like she liked me from the beginning and that's it. And then that's it. And then the rest is history, you know. Uh, no, in reality, we didn't really like each other in the beginning. She just thought, you know, I was just me, and she thought, uh, you know, different things about me. I thought the best of her, of course. And, uh, and no, we didn't really like each other, you know. It was just friends or whatever. We talked about church and ministry and, uh, yeah. And then uh, God began to do something so cool. We began to, to fall in love with each other, you know. Uh, we began to chase after her. Um, you know, and then she kind of, when I asked her to be my girlfriend, she said, no, we're going to fast three days, uh, pure water. And I was just like, what the heck? No. I said, yes, of course. You know, uh, anyway, I was willing to fast three years for her. Uh, um, but, uh, anyway, so we ended up, you know, we ended up getting married. We have two kids now, two amazing children that I love. I absolutely love these kids. Um, and, uh, you know, we have a home that we love God. We serve him. Uh, it, she really, really is my best friend. Uh, I believe I'm also her best friend. And uh, we are, you know, we really are uh, blessed. And that's the only word I can use. Uh, just so blessed to be home every day with each other. Uh, you know, to whether it is watching Netflix or, you know, helping restore a marriage. Uh, to do it together, it's amazing. It's incredible. I want you guys to have, every single one of you in here, uh, a priestly home. A marriage that you can say, man, this, this really does glorify God. I want to tell you this because today I'm going to be talking about something. Uh, the title is Don't Settle for Leah. Uh, and, and it actually would have been Don't Settle for Leah La Fea. But uh, Leah La Fea is not understood by everybody, but Leah the ugly one. And so Don't Settle for Leah La Fea. But if you want to say it in English, Don't Settle for Leah the ugly. It doesn't sound the same, right? Like Ugly Betty. 
you know. Uh, but anyway, so go to Genesis 29, 9 through 28. And I was going to say, don't settle for the ugly sister. But my sister has three sisters. And so my wife has three sisters. So I wasn't going to say that because I don't want to get jumped by the three of them. Uh, and, but, but anyway, so you're going to hear this story. It's going to be an amazing story. I love it. And you have Rachel and Leah. They're sisters. Rachel's the younger one. Leah's the older one. Uh, Rachel is hot. Right, Leah, not so much, and uh, we're just going to talk about this, this amazing story I think is going to bless all your lives. Amen? You guys got it? Okay, so we're going to go from verse 7. I know verse 8 will appear up there. Uh, we're we're going to read out of the message. Normally I read out of NASV, but the message has weird, weird words like he wanted to go into her. I was like, okay, that just doesn't sound right for church. So I'm just going to stick to the message a little more PG-13-ish. Are you guys good? Yeah? All right, cool. Like, like at some point in the story, Jacob literally demands the, the father-in-law, give me this girl because I'm, I'm going to do this thing tonight, you know? And it was just like, whoa, the Bible's too intense sometimes. But anyway, cool. So I'm just going to stick to the message. You're going to like it more. All right, Genesis chapter 29. I'm going to go from verse 7 on. Jacob said, there's a lot of daylight still left. It isn't time to round up the sheep yet, is it? So why not water the flocks and go back to grazing? That's what he tells the, the shepherds. Like, keep on working, folks. Like, go, go do things. There's no time to water the sheep yet. We can't, they said. Not until all the shepherds get together. It takes all of us to roll the stone from the well. Because a big stone. Not until then can we gather or water the flocks. Check this out. While Jacob was still talking to them or in conversation with them, Rachel came up with her father's sheep. She was a shepherd, Mm-mm, a pastor, Mm-mm, a hot pastor, that's what I'm saying. Anyway, a woman who's a shepherd, that's just good stuff right there. Anyway, so the moment, check this out, the moment Jacob spotted Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, so let me get into the, the redneck stuff in there, saw her, because there's some cousin kissing. Anyway, so mother's brother saw her arriving with his uncle Laban's sheep. He went and single-handedly rolled a stone from the mouth of the well and watered the sheep of his uncle Laban. Uh-uh. Then he kissed Rachel and broke into tears. Okay. He told, that's what I'm saying. He told Rachel that he was related to her father, then that, that he was Rebecca's son. She ran and told her father, hey, my cousin's hot. When Laban heard the news, Jacob, I know it's disgusting, right? But it's different time, different times. There wasn't that many people around, so you're going to have to settle for the cousin. Jacob, his sister's son, he ran out to meet him, embraced and kissed him and brought him home. Jacob told Laban the story of everything that had happened. Jacob was like, really? She told you about the kiss too? No, that's not what it says in the Bible. But anyway, Laban said, your family, my flesh, my blood. Then Jacob had been with, uh, with, uh, with him for a month. So this is Jacob working for an entire month for free. Laban said, just because you're my nephew, you shouldn't work for me for nothing. Tell me what you want to be paid. What's a fair wage? <clears throat> now Laban had two daughters, right? Leah was the older and Rachel the younger. Leah had nice eyes. But, by the way, your version process was, had weak eyes. I mean, she had no spark in her eyes. She was ugly. It says on the, the new Pablo version. You shouldn't work for more or you shouldn't work for no, nothing. Anyway, go ahead. He had, she had nice eyes. But Rachel was stunningly beautiful. That's what the message says. Stunningly beautiful. And it was Rachel that Jacob loved. Of course. So Jacob answered, I will work for you seven years for your daughter, Rachel. Now, hold on. How do you go from like minimum wage, nine ninety nine, you know, nine bucks, ten bucks an hour? Okay, fine, I'll give you fifteen plus bonus to uh, uh, your daughter. 
Uh, that just escalated really quick, but this is what he says. Yeah, I want your daughter. I work for you for seven years, and I want your daughter. That just sounded really hard. Chris, why are you leaving? Ah, yeah. I, I was just talking about this because he's going out with my sister-in-law, and I see the man get up and walk out. When I say work for seven years, we're not going to ask you to work for seven years for free, Chris. I'm just saying, Doris loves you anyway. But anyway, so <laughs> we didn't plan it out like that, I promise. It is, it is better, said Laban, that I give her to you than marry her to some outsider or some fool that I don't even know. Stay here with me. So Jacob worked seven years for Rachel. But it only seemed like a few days. He loved her so much. Uh-uh. Everybody go, ah. All right. It seemed like a few days. He loved her so much. I'm going to highlight that in my Bible. Give me one second. It really is that cool. It says, <laughs> it only seemed like a few days. How do you do the highlight thing? There you are. There you go. Okay, cool, cool. Then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife. <clears throat> I've completed what I've agreed <laughs> I'm ready to consummate my marriage. Give me some of that. Laban invited everyone around and threw a big feast at, a at evening, though he got his daughter Leah. He did the old bait and switch on him and brought her to the marriage bed. All the lights were off. Everything was dim. He got them all happy with wine. And Jacob slept with her. Laban gave his maid Silpah to his daughter Leah and said unto her maid, like meaning help us, help us this out, you know. Morning came, there was Leah in the marriage bed like, yeah. Jacob confronted Laban. Now I love how he doesn't even mention what he says to Leah. Oh, he's like, what? And he just gets up and confronts Laban. I'm sure Leah runs behind. Wait. There was Leah in the marriage bed. Okay, I'm going to repeat that. Okay, Jacob confronted Laban. What have you done to me? Didn't I work all this time for the hand of Rachel? Why did you cheat me? And I think Leah must have said, um, I'm standing right here. I could actually hear you. We'll talk a little about Leah later. We don't do it that way in our country, said Laban. Jacob said, well, you could have told me that earlier. It doesn't say that in the Bible. We don't marry of the younger daughter before the older. Enjoy your week of honeymoon. I mean, have some fun. And then we'll give you the other one also. But it will cost you another seven years of work. Dirty. Man, when family does you dirty, we should just name that one like that. Just kidding. Now, Jacob agreed when he completed the honeymoon week. Laban gave him his daughter, Rachel, to be his wife. Laban gave his maid, Bella, to his daughter, Rachel, as her, her maid. Jacob then slept with her. And he loved Rachel more than Leah. He worked for, for Laban another seven years. Oof. Close your eyes. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for, uh, you know, the words that you've written, that it would change us and bless our lives, God. I pray that today, God, we would find uh, the, the pearls that we've been missing, the pearls that the enemy had stolen from some people in this place. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. amen. I wanted to start this by uh, uh, putting a certain song on, but I decided... I would not. I was just going to sing it to you. When a man. I'm just kidding. Nah, nah. I really was going to put the song. If you guys haven't seen the video, it is the cheesiest thing ever. Like the high guy's hair is flying. Loves a woman. Like he really is just like a rock star. And can't, what, what happens when a man loves a woman? Wow, too young a crowd, huh? Can't keep his mind of nothing, on nothing else. Turns his back on his best friend if he puts her down. You guys never heard the song. Emily, can you find it? Please turn me back there. Okay. Okay. The cook version. Okay. Cool, cool. So I'm going to ask you guys this. 
what would a man, what would a man do for love? What is a man willing to do for love? Now, come on now. What is a man, Georgie, Georgie, what is a man willing to do for love? Everything and anything, all right? So uh, when a man loves a woman, I think that's point number one. Uh, when a man loves a woman, he will do the impossible. I remember when I uh, first fell in love with Eoni, and I say first fell in love because we're still falling in love every day. I don't think one day you're just walking, you stumble, oh my gosh, I'm in love, now what do I do? You know, it's not like that. It's like you fall in love, and then the next day you jump in the same hole again, and then the same one again, and then again, and again. You keep falling into that love all the time. You can't just say, I fell in love, and then that's it. All right? It's not an event. It's a lifestyle. Being in love, it's a lifestyle. Please say amen. Go to 14, uh, uh, number 14. Here we go. Lint in the lights a little bit, a little bit louder. Come on now. Help me out. Give me a show. A little bit louder. Euni. Euni Serrivaltowski. I'm going to ask you to stand up for just a second. Come up here and do a little slow dance with me. She's not going to do it no matter what. You guys can carry her here and she'll punch her lights out. But a little bit louder, a little bit louder. Thank you very much. Is there any boyfriend or girlfriends here? Please stand up for a second. All right, everybody grab your phones, turn your lights on. Grab your phones, turn your lights on like this. There you go, like that. Uh-huh. Good. Come on now, Louis. Natalie, you just got married. All right. Chris and Doris, can you guys please stand up for just a little second, please? Come on now, stand up. Yeah. Can you get... Beso, 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 yeah! <laughs> all right, all right. All right, cool it, cool it, cool it, cool it. All right, cool, cool. So, for, all right, so what will a man do for a girl? This is what the Bible says. This is that this cat had just told all these shepherds, hey, get back to work. Right, because they were not watering their, their sheep, and they're like, because they were gathering all around the sheep. It's like, wait, wait, hold on. I say, we cannot water, we cannot give the sheep water until we roll the stone away from the well because it's too heavy. We need other shepherds to come and help us out. That's what the message says. The message says that a bunch of shepherds had to get this big old stone and roll it away. Now, check this out. It says there that on verse around eight, the moment Jacob spotted Rachel. Mm, Let's keep the daughter of Laban, blah, 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 right? He went and single-handedly rolled the stone by, him by his lonesome, like all by himself. He said, you know what? I got this. When a man loves a woman, he will do anything, even stupid stuff to impress her. He'll say things that he doesn't even know what he's talking about. He'll buy stuff he can't afford. You know what I'm talking about or not? Yes, if they're not doing that, girls, they don't really love you. They just like you a lot. Or they don't want to be single forever. But when a guy loves a woman, he'll do dumb stuff. I'm not playing like, like I'm just saying. You know, I'm telling you, you, you can never be too tired when you're in love. Let me repeat that. I never told Eoni, never, never, no, I'm too tired. Ever. Ever. Eoni knows that. I, I, I now still don't say I'm too tired. No, no, no. What, what do you need? Well, what you need, honey? Your man's right here. Yeah. When you're in love, you know, I remember I, I used to drive, you know, to her house and back. You know, it wasn't a big deal. It really wasn't. But if the car wasn't working, I'd find a way. 
You know, the bus wasn't too humble. On the bus. What bus? I was doing bus routes if I had to. I'd walk and just pretend like I was jogging. You know, oh, yeah, just jogging. What, what are you willing to do? What are you willing to do? Does that make sense? When you're in love, tell me some dumb things one of you guys have done for someone whenever you've been in love or you're in love. Go ahead, go ahead. No, you waited for two hours from three to five in the morning just waiting for her outside. <laughs> well, you didn't open. Wow, at three. Till 6.30. Wow, that's stalker mode, bro. Uh, <laughs> no, that's awesome. Okay, wow, that's intense. Georgie, what'd you do? Wait, for Janet? Oh, okay, 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 okay. I was going to say for your wife? No. No. For... Sass. And so he kept on getting tickets over and over and over. That's love and stupidity. <laughs> All right, or responsibility. All right, I hope your brother's not looking at this video. Okay, good, good. So what else has a man done for love? What, what else have you done? Louis, come on, Louis, where you at? You married, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. You married her as a favor, as a favor to her family. All right, good, good. I'm so glad you're humble. Great. What else have you done for love besides give her your hot body? <laughs> all right, go, go. Yeah, yeah, right. Look. Look, all I'm saying, all I am saying to you is that when you're in love, you don't count the cost. You just don't. When you're in love, you're not thinking, wait, hold on a second. Wait, how heavy is that rock again? Because I need my back for work on Monday. You know what I'm saying? Like when you really do love, when you're passionate, nothing's too much, nothing's too heavy. When you first fall in love with God, it's the exact same way. I've had people come and tell me, wait, there's church only three times a week? Seriously, like, wait, the service was so short. I thought you preached only for like 10 minutes. It seemed like only five minutes. Yeah, right. <laughs> Why are you laughing so hard, Aureli? I start going over five minutes. Some of you guys are like, um, is this service forever? Is this like the eternal gospel kind of thing that the Bible talks about? Right? Some of you guys in here that still love God and are passionate about God, you know, you're not, you're not you know, second counters. You know, when you really do love God, when you really want to be in his presence, there's nothing that stops you. You know, there's no, no, no person important enough that will keep you away from being with God. I know that because there's a moment in a person's life when the Lord is still their first love. And you will roll away stones that other people are waiting for someone else to roll. Does that make sense? Well, if someone calls me, then I'll go. Roll that stone away. Amen. Oh, you know what? Well, I don't know. You know, whenever I get more money, then maybe I'll get enough gas money for this so I can go to church. You know what, I'll, I know people, I'm not playing, that walk and, and ride bikes and do whatever they have to do to get to the place where they need to be. Especially, especially, look, some people do it for 12 bucks an hour, but we do it for an eternal reward. Does that make sense? Man, I know that when you are in a church such as these, a, a G12 church, a real G12 church, because there's some churches that say they're G12, they just do the model, but they don't really have the heart for the multitudes, for the lost. No heart of discipleship. Does that make sense? But when a, a church has a heart for discipleship, it is something that you must commit to in order to actually bless people's lives. I can tell you this, that I know pastors that all they do is preach on Sunday, 
and then they visit some people every once in a while when they're hungry and they don't like their wives cooking, right? <laughs> I'm just saying, but I'm just saying. I don't ever, ever, ever consider living a lifestyle of that sort. A pastor in a, in, a, in a discipleship context is always with people, always pouring out, always blessing, always having people near them in, in their house, with their, with their family, always near. You know, a, a pastor Jesus said that a shepherd must smell like sheep. In your leadership in this ministry, do you smell like sheep? Are you with people? Amen. Amen. So the first thing that I'd ask you is this. What are you willing to do for your love or your lover who is God? What are you willing to do for the lover of your soul? Now, of course, some of you are here for the first time and you're like, wait, I thought I was just coming to church. This is church. Church is, is real. It's what are you willing to do for the Lord? Because, see, most of the time we're saying, God, what are you going to do for me? Am I, are you going to give me this miracle? Are you going to give me that miracle? And I just think that's just a jacked up way of seeing your relationship with anyone. That's just you wanting to use someone. That's just you wanting, seriously, to, to treat them as an ATM or as a cash cow. And God is not a cash cow. God wants a relationship with you. He doesn't just want to be your ATM. He wants to be your lover. He wants to be your number one, your priority. And if there's anything else out there, listen, you will not count the cost to follow Jesus. Now, what I'm saying is that you'll count the cost and you'll say, not enough. I'm going to follow Jesus anyway. Am I making sense? Sometimes... There's things that seem impossible for you to do. But in God, they are possible. In the Lord, they are possible. For the Lord, they are possible. I remember when I had to quit my job to go full-time in ministry. And I was thinking, how am I going to do this? The numbers do not add up. It doesn't make sense. Today we had a meeting about a couple hours earlier. You know, uh, Chris, Mikey, and I, we sat down with a CPA, uh, certified public accountant, and we are talking about finances. And what we were just thinking about the times in the beginning where this church got, you know, restarted, I guess you can say, when Eoni and I came and became full-time pastors. And just the financial struggles we were going through. And it's a blessing now that I can tell you, hey, praise God we could pay every bill. Praise God, like, we have enough to where we, if the AC breaks tomorrow, we can buy a new one. Does that make sense? Praise God that we can, we can do these things. But, but in the beginning, in the beginning, it didn't make any sense. In the beginning, it was hard. It was like, that stone is just way too heavy. There's no way I'm going to go full time. See, because I got to be responsible for my wife. By the way, that, that same week, she's like, hey, by the way, I'm, I'm pregnant. As soon as I quit my job, I'm like, hey. <laughs> you know, uh, we didn't know that, but it was amazing. It was beautiful, you know, but it didn't make sense necessarily. Let me ask you guys this. What stones do you need to roll away for you to truly be able to spend time with your Lord? Maybe it's work. Your boss tells you, no, you can't do this. And then you say, okay, let's figure something out. Let's try to work this out. If he says, no, absolutely not. I'm not saying just go and quit your job and justify it with Christianity. What I'm simply telling you is on the back of your head and your mind, you start praying to God to give you the strength to roll that stone away, amen, or to supernaturally intervene in your boss or to give you a better job. Or maybe you'll become your boss's boss and you get to tell him, now you're going to work, not on Sundays, you come to church with me. Does that make sense? So I'm, I'm telling you, there must be a drive. There must be a heart behind this that when a, when a storm comes, when difficulty comes, you say, dude, there's nothing that you can do to keep me away from my God, my God, right? That really, that you can say there's nothing you can do, absolutely nothing, enemy. You can't throw enough garbage at me. You know, nothing's too heavy, nothing's too much. It's not too soon because this guy said, oh, it's way too early to roll away the stone. We still have to wait. And you know what this guy said? He said, uh-uh, I just, I know what I want. 
And he just started rolling that stone away. He's like, mm, 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 mm. You know, and, and Rachel's like, ooh. You get what I'm saying? Like, this guy wasn't even watering his own, his own stuff. He started watering somebody else's stuff. Did you know that service? I'm going to tell you this. Service is a direct indicator of desire. When you serve, you desire. When you serve, you like. When, you deser- when you're serving, it's not because that person is deserving. No, it's because you, listen to this, you love that person. I don't care what you've done. I'm going to serve you because I love you. Whether that day you made me mad or that day you're happy or that day you did something for me or not, I love you regardless. I'm going to serve you. Somebody please say amen. amen. We serve the Lord not because someone tells us. We serve the Lord because we love God. Now, if you don't understand that, I'm going to invite you to simply ask God to put a love in your heart, a love that goes beyond your comfort. If your love goes as far as your comfort, as your strength, well, I'm tired, so I'm not going to, that's it. You're not in love. I'm tired, so I can't, no, you don't get it. That's not love. That's liking. Because you can like someone up until you're tired, then you don't like them anymore. I'm tired of you. But see, I love my children, no matter how much they poop. I love my kids. No matter how much they break, how, how dirty they get, no matter how much it costs, I love them. I cannot get tired of serving them because I love them. Service, listen, please, girls, mark my words. Service always determines desire. Service determines desire. If you're willing to serve, that means you truly desire. When a person stops serving, then, believe it or not, that means their heart is no longer in it. Women, it's the exact same way. If you're not serving your family, you're not serving people around you anymore. You're disciples. At the church, well, somebody else is going to do it. Yeah, somebody else who? Who desires it more? Who's going to do that? The one who desires. I love, love the, the name church service. It should be called church gauge of desire. <laughs> right? Like this is where you come to serve God. You don't come that God would serve you. So how do we serve God? We render our lives to him. We present sacrifices to him. We present offerings. Oh, yeah, offerings, right? We present love offerings. We present our hearts to him. We offer service to each other. We bless the person next to us. That's why when you come, you don't just bone out right away because you're here to serve someone. Maybe you're not here to, you know, change their tires or change their oil, but maybe you're going to serve them in a simple way. Hey, you look amazing today. Instead, you were tired, so you went straight home, and you don't realize that you're not here to just receive. You're here to bless someone because you care. Church has got real. Okay, when you serve, it determines desire. I'm going to repeat that again. In my own home, in my own house, I have to sometimes, sadly, be reminded, hey, remember you said you were going to do this. Can you please get it done? And that's where I decide, am I really here wholeheartedly, or am I just doing this because you know what I mean? I mess up all the God has built. Can I tell you this? This guy, this guy rolled away this stone by himself that a bunch of shepherds should have done just to get this girl to notice him. Okay? Just to get this girl to say, mm, he's strong. And guess what? Point number two, and I absolutely love this one. I normally don't, don't do it like this, but number one just meshes so well with the number two. Number one is when a man loves a woman, he'll do whatever. But the next one is this. is simple. You have to be able to go back to the first love if you have lost your heart of service. If you have lost your heart of determination. Look, when we talk about life class, life class is coming up. You know, we have destiny training, the conference. When you love 
man, there's nothing, nothing that you won't do to grow closer to the person you love, right? But what happens when you do start getting tired? Can I be very honest with you? Some people get tired, and they used to love God, and they used to be in love with God, and they used to be passionate about God, but they start growing tired. Praying is a little bit harder. Reading the Bible is a little bit harder. Hey, can you put this a little bit higher up? Thanks. Uh-huh. Right? It get, things get a little bit harder. Anybody ever been there? Don't raise your hand. But when it's a little bit harder to pray, maybe you have, your life has changed. Maybe you got a baby or maybe your husband's being a baby or maybe, you know, or maybe, <laughs> maybe you are the baby. You know, I don't know. Maybe, just maybe, you are in a place where you don't feel like things are happening for you. Maybe your cell group's not growing, or maybe your leader's not calling you as much anymore. Or maybe, I don't know, you know, the, the, the person that used to come to church with you all of a sudden gets discouraged, and that person doesn't want to go anymore. And then what happens to you? Here's what needs to happen. I love this part of the Bible because it's ridiculously cool. And it's just, at first I was like, nah. check this out. It says this, right? He went and single-handedly rolled away the stone from the mouth of the well and watered the sheep of the uncle. Then he kissed Rachel and broke into tears. I was like, okay. Uh, has anybody here, men, okay, all of you raise your hand for a second, all the men. If you're not sure, don't raise it. Raise your hand real quick. Okay, good. All of you raise your hand. Keep your hand up. If you ever kissed a girl, you guys, have you guys, that's okay. Hey, if you ever kissed a girl, and you cried because of the kiss right after that. What? For real? It's going to get juicy right now. Oh, your girlfriend's right next to you, bro. It don't count. All right, all right. Cool, cool. Okay. <clears throat> all right. Oh, Anthony. Okay, okay. First of all, first of all, it had to be not in a dream. It had to be real. And she had to know who you were. Okay. Okay, I'm just kidding. Okay, so what was her name? Julia. Boo! Say boo! Just kidding. Unless she comes. Julia, are you here? No. All right, cool, cool. So, how old were you, uh, Anthony? Uh, 17. Wow, it was not You're how old now? 24. Not too long ago. Kind of a long time ago. All right, cool, cool. So, tell me about the experience. Tell us all how you got, how this woman brought you to sheer tears, you know? Tell me, tell me. I wouldn't say sheer tears. I think just uh, maybe one drip or drop. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, all right. What, what happened? What happened? Um, it was uh, that's total cliche. It was after prom night. Uh, you know, okay. walked her to her door. Um, I didn't let her see. I didn't let her see, Pastor. <laughs> so I walked her to her door. You know, it, the kiss happened. Kiss happened. No, 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 no. Did you kiss her? Did she kiss you? What happened? I went in for the kiss first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, okay. Then, then what happened? Then what happened? Um, I mean, it's just... What language was the kiss in? Was it in English or in French or in... Uh, English. English. Oh, in English. It was a peck. It was a peck. Okay, good, good. It was like... Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah? Yes. It wasn't like full French. Okay, okay. I'm just saying... Hold on, this is awesome. Thank you, Anthony, for being a champ. All right, give Anthony a round of applause. But even more, give Julia a round of applause that with a peck she can make a man cry. I think we should all look for Julia. I'm just saying. She'll be amazing. Look for her on Instagram. Everybody just say, Julia, you're amazing. 
You are just like Rachel. I'm just saying, don't mess with Julia. No, no, no. Listen, listen. I'm sorry. You better not put this online. Okay, listen. Seriously, huh? Cut it off. Cut this part out. Okay, okay. Check it, check it. Listen, listen. Can you actually do this? No. I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you this. That is amazing. That is amazing. That a guy can like someone so much that even if it's something so like it's a moment, and you can say. Mm. You're touched to the core, you know, to the depths of you. I remember, I could tell you my Julia moment. Uh, <laughs> that should be a coined phrase now, right? <laughs> Is that a Julia moment? Anyway, so I remember this, this, this one specific time when I was asking Eoni to go out with me, right? And I brought her ice cream and I brought her chocolate with a, with a what is it called, Amor? Almonds? Hershey's? Almonds? Yeah. I'm, I was in Mount Sac, right? And uh, I was uh, so nervous. I think it must have taken me... Huh? Nah, not that long. Maybe 20 minutes to just tell her, I, uh, I like... You know, I, it took me like 20 minutes to tell her that I actually really liked her. And, uh, and, uh, and you know, I don't know how it all, the whole thing went down, but can I tell you this? On my drive home, that ugly old car, I drove so fast, like fast. And I didn't even know how fast I was going. The car started shaking. And that's when I knew I was driving fast. I was happy. I missed two exits. I was like, yes, yes. You know, like, yes. I'm not playing. I only doesn't know this, but I was so excited. I missed so, I mean, I was on my way back, you know, like I missed I was going to my shop or home. I don't know where I was going. I missed exits. I was just driving. I didn't even want to get home. I didn't want to go home. I just wanted to go, go. You know, like you get so excited. And, and you know what? You know, I, I don't know if you have had any moments like that. You know, if, if you didn't right now, you're super jealous of, of Julia, Julia moments, right? Uh, but by the way, Julia, if you're looking at this, you're awesome. Sorry, <laughs> he was put on the spot. But if I can tell you, seriously, guys, this is the guy that had this moment with his girl, Rachel, that changed his life. Now, I'm not talking about Anthony. I'm talking about Rachel. And, right, Jacob, he had this moment where he literally transformed his future. Everything about him was different from that, bam, moment. He wept. Now, I don't know if he cried in front of her. None of you cried in front of her, you know. But this guy, I don't know if as soon as she left, he was just like, oh. I started crying, you know, like, I'm not worthy. Or, man, this is awesome. Well, I don't know if he cried because her breath smelled so bad. He's like, she's so good looking, and yet she stinks so bad. I hope that can change. I don't know why. Actually, I know that this guy, this guy Jacob, right, he was so moved and so touched by that moment that it guided his next 14 years of his life. Okay, when you have an encounter with God, when you have a moment with God, man, when you have those times with the Lord, for some people, I find it so difficult to believe that you will serve God without having important moments with him, without having moments that literally bring you to tears. I, it's hard because when someone doesn't have intimate times with God, how could you serve him? I honor you because of your character, but man, I don't want to have a marriage where it's just out of character. Somebody please say amen, man. I want to have a relationship where I could, I could say, man, I, I'm not worthy. This is so beautiful. I've had times like this with my wife. Have you had times like that with your lover of your soul, which is God? 
I remember specific moments in my walk with Jesus, and I've had them recently, to where I'm doing something and I literally have to stop and say, thank you, God, so much. I don't deserve you. I really don't. You know, the other day we were driving, I was driving, you know, with my boy, and we started worshiping God. And it almost sounds too religious. But, man, really, we were praising God. We were singing the Reckless Love song. And, man, we both got into it. We both were praising God so loud. He was praising God. I was praising God. And as soon as it ends, he's like, my heart is so blessed, Dad. And I'm not even playing. I was like, oh. I, near, I really did. If, I, if it wasn't me, I would have cried all the way through it. And I, I felt like I was weeping inside. My heart was overjoyed with, with joy. It really was overflowing. I was so pumped because the presence of God, literally the manifest presence of God was in that car to where a five-year-old could even could, could articulate it in his words. Am I making sense? The other day I was in the bathroom. I, I, you, I don't normally talk like this, but I broke out in tongue speaking. And you don't ever hear me do that in the middle of a sermon or even in church at times because that's my intimate language with God. Now, we could do it in praise and worship. That's fine. If you're new to this, you're like, oh, okay, hold on a second. This is my love language with my Lord and my love language with my king. Just like I say, Elijah, he's paparingo. Right? Paparingo. That's my boy, right? Paparingo. You guys might have heard. I even have a song for him. So that's my song with my five-year-old, right? Uh, uh, my other, <laughs> Pichonsky is a little one. It's, it's Jose, Jose Pichonsky. And he's just this, this little ball of fire, and I, I have a language with him. Does that make sense? If you have a child, you know what I'm talking about. And he says stuff to me that I, I think he knows what he's saying, but no one in the world understands. And you're like, yes, you know. No one gets it. Mom gets it because she's carried on for nine months. So she has this connection like an avatar with him, you know what I mean? But, like, but the world doesn't. And so with God, you have a language. And the other day I was just there in the restroom. And, man, I would just broke out in tongues. It was crazy. It was beautiful. It was a moment with God. When was the last time you had a moment with God, a, a, a kiss with the Lord that it brought you to tears? Have you had those times? Have you moved rocks out of the way to have a kiss with the Lord? Does that make sense? Have you said, God, I need you, I want you, I miss you? Or do you let the busyness of life kill the intimate moments with God? If you don't have those moments, I can definitely tell you this, your Christian walk will be so difficult, so hard. Most people want to have a relationship with someone else, but they don't want to pay the price to be there. Point number three, what are you willing to pay? What are you willing to do? If you can say to God, God, I love you so much, and I will not settle for Leah. I want everything. I want my Rachel with you. I want, I want my intimate towns with you. See, Leah was the seven-year mark. Leah was that woman that was offered to him that really, honestly, wasn't what he ultimately wanted. Can I tell you, some of you have Leah kind of Christianities. You have a Leah relationship with God. You have a, a Leah discipleship lifestyle. You have a Leah cell group. You have a Leah mindset. You have a Leah prayer life. You have a, a Leah vision. A Leah is half of what you should get. It's half of what God designed for you. Leah is not the complete blessing of God. Leah is survival. Rachel is revival, amen? Leah, come on. Leah is the ultimate blessing. No, Rachel is the ultimate blessing. Leah is just a blessing. It's not bad. Don't get me wrong, it's good. He's still the family. She's still, you know, she wasn't, she wasn't like Leo. You know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't show up in the morning like, ah, what is this? And is this too politically incorrect to be on video? Is that okay? 
Okay, cool, cool. So the other day I was asking Marcos, like, well, what if, you know, your girlfriend comes out and she's like, hey, I got like five hidden kids that you didn't know about. I'm like, whoa. Her name is Maria. I was like, oh, he's like, no, it's still, I think I'd still go out with her. I think I'd still love her. I was like, damn, bro. What if her name was Mario before? <laughs> All right, that thing's, he's like, well, I'd still consider it. Nah, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. No, 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 that makes sense. This guy wakes up and he's like, Leah, and she's right next to him, right next to him. Hey, can I preach? Is that Okay. Or is this kind of a little too insensitive for some people? Okay, cool. So this guy was getting not what he expected. Okay, now if that's what he was expecting, fine. But he wanted Rachel. He didn't want the ugly sister. He wanted the hot one. He wanted the one that he wanted. He worked seven years. That was the deal. Seven years. You know what seven years means? Completion in the Bible. It means the totality of something. So he worked for the totality of the relationship with that woman that he ever, think about this, man. Every single day he's working with his uncle, right? Like plowing the land and he'd just be looking at, at, at Rachel like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, You know what I'm saying? The time seemed to stop. You get what I'm saying? Like he started like plowing onto the, the other side. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm leaving. Like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, sorry, just, you know. Your daughter's so hot. You know, like he was just, you, do you know what I mean? Like he was, you know, eating around the table and he's lovering all over himself. Like looking at Rachel. Rachel be looking back at him like, you know, six more years. <laughs> he probably counted it in months. You know how moms, they tell you, how old's your kid? 72 months. You're like, it just seems like it's less, but it's not. It's still the same amount of time. Like, the kid's freaking old. You know what I mean? Anyway, so, so it's a long time. It's a long time. This kid is looking at, this guy's looking at this girl and saying, when will the day come? And finally, the day comes, the night comes. Think about it. Just for a second, you're so excited. Where you, God tells you, man, you're going to be blessed and you see the blessing coming and you finally get to that place where you've been praying for that and you think it's in your hands and you think it's God and you think it's, it's the full blessing and you're like, yes, Lord, I've been faithful, I've been with you, I've been chasing you and finally it's here. And then you get up the other day and you realize, whoa, there's still work to do? This is not what you promised. This is not the full blessing. This, this, this is not right. This is not fair. I've been there before. I've felt like that before at times where I worked, work, 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 and then all of a sudden I get to the end of it and, and it feels like there's more work after that. You know, or you work hard and maybe for some of you that open your cell, you, you, you plan it out, you pray it out, you invite 100 people and like two show up because they got the wrong address. You know what I mean? And you end up preaching to the Holy Spirit and the dog and you're like, well... One of you guys want to receive God. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you invite your friend just so he can help you out and be your support partner. You know, and, and God is saying, hey, seven years, seven years more. Am I making sense? And you're thinking, that's not fair. It's not right. But I would just tell you this. When you love someone, when you're in love with God, 7, 14 is all the same to you. You just, you know what? You want to, you want to really prosper in the Lord. I just encourage you to think about this. It's worth the wait. It's worth the wait. It's worth the wait. It's worth the wait. See, if somebody would have shown me a picture of my future with Elni before I met her, it wouldn't have bothered me the other stuff I went through. If somebody would have shown me Josiah, Elijah, and Elni, us having lunch today, our raviolis from Costco, really well cooked. You know, like if God would have showed us our lunch today and the beauty of my family and where we stand and where we are and what we do for the Lord. All the other struggles would have been like, pfft. can I tell you, honestly, I mean, all the other girls that are awesome with some other husband, that's great. 
I wouldn't have worried so much when I broke up with Allison, Beth, Heather, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I wouldn't have, it wouldn't have bothered me so much. Matter of fact, I don't think I would have even been with him. Because I've been like, eh, it's worth the wait. Can I say, some of you in here, you're struggling so much. You're struggling so much because you think Rachel will never come. Because you feel it's too far away, it's too much. To save yourself for marriage seems like such an old school thing. Holiness is worth it. Can I tell you this? My wife, both, her and I, we walked into our marriage bed. Can I say this right now on record? Virgins, both of us, saved ourselves for each other. And some of you are thinking, well, it's a little late for me, Pastor. No, it's not too late. Commit yourself to God. Begin a new life with the Lord. Repent. Let God make you brand new. The Bible says that in Christ all things are made new. So you have a new opportunity. You have a new chance. Why not? It is worth doing things right. Man, it is worth doing things right. It is, it is worth doing things right. Amen, amor, isn't it? It's worth doing things right. To say, hey, here we are. I tell people whenever they're engaged and they're going through a marital course, I say, walk in holiness. I don't want to have to lie when I stand up in front of your family. Please say amen. Or get married on gray or in brown. Don't get married on white. Just got too real. Okay, turn the camera off. Let's just shut it off right now. Amen or not? Because that means purity. That means purity. But if you're walking in obscenity your entire relationship, don't say that you're in purity. At least don't pretend like it is. Amen. It's worth waiting. It's worth saying, God, you know what? I feel tired today. I feel like quitting, but I'm going to fight because I love you. Guess what? I, this rock is so heavy, but I'm going to roll it away anyway. Because even if I don't, I'm going to break my back trying. Because why? Because I love you. Amen? It's been seven years. I'm tired. I don't see my growth. But guess what? Bring seven years more. Why? Because I love you. Amen? Hey, you know what? It feels like I'm getting gypped, but let me, let me just get gypped another time. Because it's worth it. Amen? You don't always see the result right. Give God a shout of praise. Why not? You don't always see the results right away. You don't always wake up to your Rachel. You, don't, you will not always wake up to your Rachel. As a matter of fact, I will tell you the times that you don't wake up to your Rachel, it makes it even better when you do wake up with Rachel. You're like, yes, this is what I'm talking. Imagine this. Now, listen. If he wept with a kiss... Fast forward 14 years of labor, <laughs> and then just saying, I'm just saying, if he wept with the kids, that brother must have been in coma for like a week. They're like, ah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, how amazing, how amazing would he have had with, I'm talking about two kisses. I don't know what you guys are thinking about. Two kisses. And Netflix, right? <laughs> when he realized, when he realized, man, this is it. This is the real deal. Of course, that second honeymoon, he kept the lights on. <laughs> it might have been like Joe Schmo, the brother over there, you know, in our costume, right? This guy was so excited. He was so pumped because guess what? He was in love. And when you're in love, listen to this. It says there that these years seemed like a few days, a few moments. Literally, it says on my version, I don't know what it says. So it's all, it only seemed like a few days he loved her so much. It only seemed like a few days he loved her so much. Does it seem like that to you in your Christian walk? Does it seem like that in your walk with Jesus? Man, it's only a few minutes it's, I love God so much. The worship was only two, three songs. Man, can we have like seven worship songs? I mean that. Does that make sense? Why? Because I love God. And like, oh my God, this song again. We played it last week. Please kick yourself in the rear if you can. Next time, just go worship God. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, am I making sense? Hey, when you love God, 
when was the last time you put your phone away to just spend time with God? He said, I don't care who calls. I don't care what call. I don't care what it is. It's God and I for today. Hey, I mean it 100%. It is that I was talking, we were talking to somebody this week that God wants your struggle. He wants your fight. He doesn't want just your results. He wants you to fight for him. He wants you to drive towards him. Amen. He wants you to be with him. I think, matter of fact, can I tell you this? I, think, I feel like the hassle that you have to go through to get to him makes him even happier when you do get there. Matter of fact, even if you don't get there, he's like, man, but you gave everything to be with me. Girls, what would you rather have? Okay? A guy that gives you an excuse why he couldn't make it. Okay? Or a guy that bled, sweat, spent everything he had to get there and he didn't make it. What would you guys rather have? Or a guy that made it just because someone brought him. But then the other guy that sweat, bled, you know, he, he did everything to be with you. Every, spent everything he had. Fought whoever he had to fight to. I'm not making sense. But he couldn't make it. You know why? Because the, the train left a little too late. But guess what? I'm going to find you when you come back. Am I making sense? You give everything you've got. But do you understand that for your own life? Lord, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to be near you. Let me finish with this. God does not determine your Rachel. You determine your Rachel. God does not determine the size of your blessing. You are the one who determines your blessing. I love it because Laban, the, the, the father, he, he asked him, tell me how much you want to get paid. I love it. It says, tell me what you want to get paid. And another version says, tell me the size of your wages. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want from God? We don't ask. Bible says you don't have because you don't ask. Can you ask God and say, God, I want multitudes. God, give me my 12. Lord, let me see California transformed for Jesus. Amen? Some of you guys are like, oh, I, I didn't never thought about that. I know, because you're thinking about your life alone. What if I said that God can use you to transform your entire, not just your current family, but the generations that come after you? Please say amen. Right? What if I said to you that out of this man and this woman, man, generations of people that love the Lord came after them. But we think only about immediate and what we want right now. What if I said to you that through you, your entire school and your, your, your cities can be transformed? See, we don't think that way. We don't pray that way at least. We prayed it one time at a conference, but we don't pray it every day. And I'm going to challenge you today to say, God, I want my Rachel. God, I want the full blessing. I don't want to just, you know, the Leah coming to church is a great thing. Don't get me wrong. It's a blessing. Because I believe that those seven years, this man, Jacob, I almost feel bad for Leah. And I say almost. Because God found a way to bless Leah as well. Did you know that? The Bible says that, and this is crazy. The Bible says that the Lord noticed Leah's pain. And he gave her a child. God gave her fruit of her loins. He gave her life. And Rachel didn't have anything. But Leah was blessed by God to multiply. Now listen to this, okay? Even though this guy, at first, he didn't see Leah as a blessing. Later, his greatest blessing came from Leah. Listen, sometimes what you don't see as blessing in your life, what you see as a struggle, what you see as a hard part of your Christianity but you're willing to say, hey, God, this is part of it. I'm going to run with it. I'm going to grow with it. Can I tell you sometimes, Leah, is the rebuke you get from the leadership? 
That's a Leah moment. It's like, oh, I'm getting my Leah right now, aren't I? Yes, you are. I thought, I thought I was like the best. Yeah, I know, you are, but you're also prideful. Amen? Those are the moments where you say, God, I know that out of this, my great descendants will come from it. Great blessing will come from my Leah times. Amen? This is to me, by far, one of the most important things in my Christian walk, and that is to fall in love with God again. Again, let me ask you, do you know how to fall in love with God again? Do you look to fall in love with God again? I don't care how much you read the Bible, how many church services you have under your belt. I'm asking you the question, do you know how to rekindle the love of God in your life? If this is your first time here, maybe you come from another church or you've never gone to church before. What I have to tell you is a wonderful day for you. Because this is the day where you get to decide why you do what you do, why you go where you go, why you dress how you dress, why you think what you think, why you spend what you spend. I know why I do what I do. And I do it with great joy. I'm not playing. You don't have to pay me to love my family and love the church and love the Lord above everything else. I know, I know that I love God. But I don't have to be a pastor to do that. See, I became a pastor because I had no other time for anything else. I had to do it. Let me ask you that question right here, right now. Why should I love God more than you? Why should I have a deeper relationship with God than you? Why is your profession? No, you're an idiot if you think that way. Can I tell you that? It's not a profession thing. It's a heart thing. Why should someone in this room have a better relationship with God? Why should someone else get your Rachel? Well, because I'm, I'm, I'm too young. No, you're not too young. Well, because I'm too old. No, you're not too young. Well, I don't speak. I don't care what you speak. I don't have, well, I don't have, no. Do you want your Rachel? Does that make sense? You want the best, the relationship with God that we all should have. I told you this church is going to the other side. Amen. We're going to the other side. Come this week, you'll have to fight for your Rachel. Starting Monday, we'll all be doing a devotional together. Amen. Pastor Sharnay is coming from South Africa. And I'm so excited to hear what she has to say. Let me tell you why. Because these are people that never settled with Leah. The, I've heard their story before. As the music begins to play, I know you're playing on your headphones. But you know, as the music begins to play, I'm going to tell you this thing. It's a simple, simple concept. There's a word called tribulum or tribulum or in Latin is tribulum. <laughs> I don't speak Latin, but the word literally sounds like that, tribulum. And what that was is back then when they used to have to, when they used to grab wheat, they used to have to thresh it. They used to have to uh, thresh it. They used to have to separate the wheat from all the, the husk of it. I guess I don't know how you call it, uh, but from the left, what do you call that? The wheat thing. <laughs> and they have to really pull the grain out of it. And you can't just go one by one, so they have to smash it. And they would get these huge rollers made out of stone, and they'd put, you know, inserts of metal, and they'd make this big roller thing being driven by like, couple, by a, like a chariot kind of thing. And they would have to listen to this. They'd have to push it or have the car being ran by, by horses and just like around this place, and it'd be driven over. This is called a tribulum, the, the, the big tri uh, the, the the big roller, they would smash all the wheat and it would separate the grain from the rest, from the stuff that nobody really wanted. And I, I get it now because that word is where we derive, right, the word, the word tribulation comes from. From the tribulum, this is this big piece that smashes this, this, with this wheat. Now, I, I know that tribulation for some of you doesn't make any sense at all. You don't even know what it is. Tribulation is a time of testing. It's a time of trial. It's a difficult time. 
Tribulation is when you're tired, when you can't pay your bills, when someone else around you that you love is hurting and stumbling. Tribulation is when in a cell group you start encountering a fight and you feel like, man, this is hard, this is difficult, but you have to prevail. It is in the time of tribulation that really the good stuff comes out. You know, it is where, where women of God stand and say, I will not let the enemy stop me from my promise. Amen? It's where men, I would say men are separated from boys. And men really say, I don't care what happens. I am the kind of man that will not just lay down for just anything. I will stand in the promise of God. Tribulation is a great thing in our lives. Not because it feels good, but because it yields the best from you. If you've gone through tribulation, if you've encountered the tribulum going over you, if you're saying, God, this is hard. It's been seven years. I tell you the best is yet to come. And if I could change the title to this message, it would be the best is yet to come. Don't quit at seven. Don't quit at eight. Don't quit at nine. Don't quit at 10. Don't quit at 11. Don't quit at 12 years. Don't quit at 13 years because the 14th year, listen to this, if you do not quit, you will receive the reward. You can quit one day too soon. Walk away and settle for Leah and say, well, that's all I have left. I don't believe anymore the promise. Just walk away. But God said, listen to this. Please stand up for just a second. Let's finish together. I think some people instead of shooting again and again and, and keep trying and keep trying, they just settle and they, I remember the story of this. There was a little kid that kept on shooting arrows and his dad was listening from the living room bullseye 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 and the dad's like man my kid's a sharpshooter he's amazing bullseye bullseye and so the dad kept on wondering what was going on and he went and he looked and the son's all happy he's triumphant he's got his arrows like yeah and then the dad said well what are you shooting at and he goes to the wall turns to the wall and the wall is Full of circles everywhere. The child had drawn circles, little big circles. Every, the whole wall was filled with circles everywhere. And the dad's like, yep, that's my boy, I guess. <laughs> he wasn't so happy because that's what we do. God gives you something amazing, specific. And we say, bullseye, bullseye, bullseye. We pretend like any old thing will do. So long as we hit the wall, it's going to be all right. And that's just not the case. Don't lower the standard. Just because you stumbled, just because it's been seven years, just because, hey, it didn't happen the way you thought in the beginning. You didn't respond the way you thought you would respond. Don't quit. Amen? God has a Rachel for you. God has that moment for you. He has the family that you need to have in the Lord. Amen? God has your 12. I mean that 100%. Your 12 disciples that are better, better than you in everything. People that will bless the world. Man, people that won't live for themselves or to just go to, man, people that are radical in the Lord. I mean, people that are, are so passionate about Jesus that it becomes a new standard of Christianity in the United States of America. Amen. That it's not just those guys that go to church but act like hell during the week. Rather, these are the real people that say God is alive. Watch me walk. God is alive. Amen. That's what God has for us. Multitudes, thousands upon thousands of people. That will come through your leadership. Can I speak some words of life into you? 
through your leadership, God will raise thousands of people. Your struggle, man, your struggle will connect you to people that you will never even know, would never have cared to known you until they know what you've gone through. Then they'll be like, can you tell me a little more? Because I thought I was the only one that ever struggled with, I don't know, you know, with, with pain or identity or stroke financial or, or you know, wow, man, you have a past. And I thought here you were just all future, but there's a past. I get it. You worked seven years and didn't get what you have. It wasn't always there. Am I making sense? At some point you have to decide, God, you're worth the fight. And I believe that at some point is now. So if you've been walking and you've been getting tired, you thought you've, doing, you've done enough for God, can I just tell that voice to shut up and to tell you now, it is never enough. When you love, you'll do whatever it takes. And I pray right now that you fall back in love with God, that you find moments with him of intimacy, where you weep in his presence, where you say, God, I will not count my minutes with you. Well, the only thing I will count is my moments with you. Amen? Come on. You get what I'm saying? Instead of counting minutes, start counting moments. Have I had my experience with God? Yes. Then if I haven't, then I will not let you go until you bless me. Amen? I will not let you go until you bless me. God, I don't care how tired I am. I got to go to work at 5. It's okay. It's okay. I'll go filled with the presence of God. Amen? This is a time where you have to say, God, I want you more than ever. Pray, praise God. Close your eyes. Tell me what your wages will be. Tell me what your wages will be, the Lord says. Leah is religion. Rachel's relationship. Shut up, please, God. Leah is less. Rachel's the best. Leah is what you have. Rachel is what God has for you. This is a time where you say, God, I want everything, God. I want it all. Everything you've got, God. If I were you, I would do something simple and just ask God to give you the strength to roll away the stones from your life. That what would normally take five people to help you, you can do it all by yourself in the strength of the Lord. That would normally take five years to roll away. Man, hours, and you say, God, we'll do this together right now, right here. I'll roll away excuses. I'll roll away the pain. I'll roll away the disappointments. I'll roll away the bad character, the lack of strength, the, the laziness, the, the immaturities. God, I'll roll away. I'll roll away, God. I'll roll away my excuses in the name of Jesus. Roll it away now in the name of Jesus. Roll away. Roll it away in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare right now that some of your arguments Lame arguments that were raised by teachers or by, by people that are godless are removed in the name of Jesus. You don't have to read 15 books. All you have to read is simple things like this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. For whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's the one thing that you need. Sometimes you don't need to know more. All you need to know is him a little bit more. Dear God, I pray right now that people can roll away the stones in their lives. That they can say, God, I will not settle. I will not settle. I want more of you, God. I want passion. I won't settle for coming. I want passion with you, God. I won't settle for a show up pay. I want everything, God. God tells you now, start dreaming again. Start envisioning the multitude. Start seeing yourself bringing people to the feet of Jesus by the thousands. Start visualizing one more time. If this dream seems too far, if 14 years seem too far for you, you're not in love. So maybe I need to back up for just you. God, I pray right now that those that seek you would find you, God. That if there's one hungry person here that says, I want God, 
Lord God, that you find them in your presence. That as they seek you tonight and the day after and the day after, some here would need to fast. Some here would just need to go to a mountain and pray. Some here would need to take their car, drive nowhere, and simply say, Lord, it's you and I. Some need to shut the door of their room and say, it's just you and I, God. Finally, we're alone. Some here need to come early at church and say, I'm here early. I just want to be with you, God. Some people here simply need to be with their headphones, put them on, put some praise on, and say, God, I will praise you until people feel like I'm ridiculous. God, I love you. I want you more. God, some people here that have been desperate for someone, it's really you putting the desire for you, God. I pray right now that if there's someone here that's felt alone, that they would no longer feel alone, that they would chase after you. May I ask you, single people, when was the last time you went on a date with your lover, with God? Why do you need a man? Why do you need a woman there? Can God satisfy you? Because if he can satisfy you, then he can bless you with so much more. Can I tell you right now, those that are ready to get married are those that need it the least. You don't need a person to satisfy. You need the Lord. You need the Lord. You need God. You need God. That's why people fall because there is such a pursuit in their lives. Can I tell you right now, if you, if you feel tired, it's time to Mount with wings like eagle. It's time to say, God, I want you more than ever. Right now, Lord, I am passionate about you. Give me your presence. God, give me your presence. This is what Moses said to God. God, if you don't come with us, if your presence doesn't come with me, then I don't want it at all. I can't go. I don't care if it's the promised land. I don't care if there's blessings. If you're not with me, I don't want to be there. God, I want you with me. I want you with me, God. I want to be with you, Lord. It's better one, one day in your house than a thousand elsewhere. God, I want to be with you. There's here, the, the Bible says, as the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after you, God. My soul is thirsty for you, God. I want you more than food, more than water. I want you, God. There's someone here that hasn't known the Lord for a long time. Maybe you, this is your first introduction. Can I tell you, he's worthy. He's amazing. He's a lover that will always, always be there for you. You'll never be alone again. One more minute of your life will never be alone. This is a time where you answer back to his love and say, God, I want you in my life. Would you come into my heart? Would you come into my life? Be with me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Change me, God. Forgive my sins. Make me that person that you created me to be, God. I'm sorry if I've settled for less. I want you whole. I want all of you, God. I give you me. Would you give me you, God? I want relationship with you. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for dying for my sins. Help me, God, to live and die for you as well. God, help me to answer back to your love with love, to your life with life, and to your death with death to myself. God, I pray right now, God, that as you resurrected to be with me for eternity, that I could also say, I want you back, God. If there's someone here that has died to the dream of multitudes, I pray resurrect now in the name of Jesus. Resurrect to the dream of multitudes in the name of Jesus. To see multitudes come to the feet of Jesus through your life. Drive, leaders, drive. It's time to become leaders of leaders. It's time to become pastors of nations in the name of Jesus. Stand up again in the name of Jesus. Women, never, ever, ever let someone limit you. Never. 
God says, I will raise you as a banner. You will be the reason for joy in the land. I declare in the name of Jesus that women in this place are empowered to love and preach the gospel and to share the love of God and the wisdom and the wisdom and the, the humility and yet the courage to say, the Lord is real. The Lord is alive and he's alive in my life. Come and see what we've got. Come and see what God's done in my life. I declare right now that you're not too young to follow God. You're not too young to sell it all for him. God says, give me your youth. Give me your years right now. I feel like God is putting in my heart to tell some of you, this is your day of anointing. This is the day where God calls you. Some of you have been walking with him, but God is calling you right now to something so much more. You're crossing to the other side. You're going further. Some people will do just this. Some of us want it all. I pray that if you want to join the group of people that will never settle in the relationship with God, that will say it will always get better. I pray that you join this group right now. And I'm going to ask you to join in a simple way. Can I tell you with your eyes closed? When I married my wife, before we went on our, on our wedding day, we took a trip up north. This may sound controversial to some of you, but we went through some wineries and they sold us two bottles of great wine. For you who is religious, shut your, your ears for just a second. You don't stumble that way. My wife and I understood something. We want our marriage to get better and better and better. And we heard that good wine, not just anyone, good wine gets better with time. So we got two of these. And on our, on our wedding day, on our honeymoon... We sat together, we ate some great dinner, and we took a sip, a little bit, of the first bottle we opened. In about a year, 10 years after that first wedding day, my wife and I will go to another honeymoon, we'll open that bottle, and I can tell you with full confidence, our marriage is 10 times better than where it started. It's amazing, it's grown it's been beautified. It's been added on. It's gotten better and better and more desirable. She's gotten more beautiful, and I pray that she sees me as better and more handsome, and we take care of each other more. We fall in love deeper. We bless God. We bless hundreds, if not thousands, of people till this day. Our marriages last 10 years have been an amazing blessing. These 10 years have not been wasted. And we're excited for that 10th, moment, that 10th year moment, that second bottle moment. But if I can tell you, I know the best is yet to come. For us, psh, the best is yet to come. Can I tell you the same thing happens with you and God? The best is yet to come. There's that second bottle moment where things get better and better and it's not easy sometimes. We've gone through tough times. We've gone through moments of pain and discouragement and financial testing and emotional and even spiritual We've gone through moments of uncertainty where all we had was each other. And of course, the Spirit of God. Can I tell you in your walk with Jesus, it's the same way. There will be moments of testing and tribulum and trial and thirst and hunger. And, and when you feel you're not doing enough and could never do enough for him. And the Lord says, you are enough for me. Did you know that God already paid the price for your great blessing? All you have to do is remain Keep going, keep fighting, keep dreaming. It gets so much better in the Lord. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. 
The best is yet to come. For you, the best is yet to come. You who's back there, the best is yet to come. You who's on your knees, man, God has reserved the best for the, for the, for the end, for the last, for the later. God has reserved the best. The best wine is always served last. Man, God has reserved the best for you. If you're here today, I could tell you the beginning of the best of the rest. God is loving you right now. He's telling you, come on, forget religion. Forget what you knew and didn't know. This is the time. Spirit of God, I pray that people in this place, myself included, we would have breakthrough moments, honeymoon moments with you again. God, will we go back to the first love over and over, where this church will never become monotonous. God, where we will never do a program, we will always have a relationship, deep, intimate relationship with you. In this day, God, as a pastor that you've delegated this church to us, I declare in the name of Jesus, we give it back to you. These are your kids. We belong to you. We want relationship with you, God. Would you be the lover of our soul? Can you tell God to be the lover of your soul? Can you tell him, God, I love you. I want, more than, I want you more than ever. Can you just begin to pray and pray on your own for a second? Pray on your own for a second. Do your own prayer with God. I'm sorry I've spoken too much. It's your time with God. I know time is running, man. I'd rather run, run, run towards God. We just have a couple minutes. A couple minutes, a couple minutes. God says, tell me what your salary shall be. Tell me what you want. As Laban told Jacob, tell me what you want. What are you looking for? Tell me what your wages will be. Tell me what your wages will be. Tell me what your wages will be. Do not stop. Please, God, please, God, refuse to settle. Refuse to settle. Leah may be cheaper, but Rachel is worth the, man, she's worth the white. She's worth the weight. Leah may be cheaper, but Rachel is worth the weight. You cannot settle. You will not settle. Dear God, thank you. Thank you, Spirit of God. Because I know what you're doing today. You've set us up such a beautiful way, in such a beautiful way. Tomorrow, God, at the pre-conference, I pray that you pour on us a new spirit, a new wine, God. Pray, God, that you, on Sunday, that you would give us a stronger, mightier courage, God, fire, power to chase after you. Come Monday, God, we're ready to receive more and more and more, ready to, to be with you, to spend time in your presence, to love you, to receive vision from you. That come Tuesday, God, our families would see the change and the impact. That Wednesday, God, people would wonder what we have at work. That Thursday, they show up at our cell groups. God, that on Friday, people would give their lives to you, Jesus. God, that Saturday would be a day of love and love with you and just deep refreshment to you, God. That you surprise us on Saturday. That Sunday, God, man, that it'd be times that are unbelievable. Never to forget. Never to forget that first kiss with you, God. That moment where you first impressed us with your love. I declare now a new lifestyle for people in this place of passion and pursuit of God. If you didn't do your devotionals, as a pastor in this place, I can tell you, forget it. Leave it alone. Leave it in the past. Start now, today. Chase after God with all you have. He holds nothing against you. He has a future for you. Walk and run with him. If you messed up in areas of your life, this is the time to make it right. Tell that girl, I'm sorry for being so weak. Tell that guy, I'm sorry for being so weak. But from here on out, I want God more than you. I want God more than you. I want God more than us. And if he 
really wants this for us, then we will be blessed. I promise you that. And if it's his, it'll be so much better. I declare right now in the name of Jesus for some of you who have been struggling to make it, to go, no more. No more. Fight. Fight. God, I thank you so much for tonight. I thank you for your word. I thank you for this amazing moment. I pray, God, that it doesn't just stop when we finish and say amen. That you continue to chase and that we continue to chase after you. Would you stand up for a second, please? I'm going to get told that I finished really late today because I did. And uh, I'm sorry. It was full of fun fun stuff. But there's a, there's a, a, a story that I, I told in the past, but I feel like God is leading me to tell you if, before you leave, as you leave. Her name was Florence Chadwick, 1952. Amazing swimmer. She's a woman who was already too old to do what she was doing, if you know what I mean. She was told that she was washed out. She couldn't make it to the Olympics. And so she did this thing. She wasn't fast enough, by the way, to be a, you know, a swimmer like that. But she decided to swim from Catalina Island to Long Beach. And so she would swim the 26.2 miles, that's a marathon, from shore to shore. Sharks, freezing water, jellyfish, you name it. She would swim an entire day and a couple hours more. She started swimming, it was about 16 hours, swam, swam, swam. And the true story says that Florence Chadwick was so close to the end. But it was so foggy, it was so dark, it was, you couldn't see the end. And so Florence Chadwick nearly drowned. She gave up. She didn't make it to her destination. She could not do it. So they had to drag her back on the boat and take her the rest of the way. When she realized, when they told her how far she was, she was only a few hundred yards away. A couple football fields from finishing. After 26, nearly 26 miles of swimming, she gave up in the last one. And they asked her, Florence, what happened? Everybody thought you'd be able to make it. And she said, my problem was that I could not see the end. I couldn't see the shore. I couldn't see it because the fog was so thick, I couldn't see the end. And that story always gets me because I feel like whenever I have the end in mind, when I can see what God has, I can drive towards it. Man, I'm savage. Man, you can give everything you've got. So what I want to pray is this, that you do just as Florence did a couple months after that. She decided to schedule it in a way that she'd swim and at the the day she can see the end. So the fog wouldn't settle at certain times of the day. And what she did was amazing because she arrived near shore and she was still far away, but she could see the end of it. She could see the port. She could see everything. Ah, she knew how far she was. She had vision. She can see the, the, the final product. She could see the end. And so she swam and she made it and she broke the record of the man that had swam before by two hours. She smoked the record because she gave everything she had, and then when she saw the end, gave it all. Can I tell you this is what happens in our walk? Say, God, give me vision. Whenever I'm starting to settle, give me vision for my disciples, for my family, my priestly family. Give me vision for California. Give me vision for Los Angeles. God, give me vision for my school. Amen? God, we love you so much. Thank you for this time. Guys, we love you so much. We will see you guys tomorrow at 9. Try not to hang out too late.